Good evening, my brother. Good evening. How are you? I'm supernaturally fine. And you? Oh, so just the chance to be in your space makes me great. Just and I would say the same thing. I would say you are contagiously uh, joyful. That's how I've known you. And this is how I've always interacted with you. It was always filled with celebration and and gratitude and consideration and all these beautiful values that I cherish in human beings. And, and you know what it is? It's the human experience that I share in every time I speak with you that just ignites me. So before we dive into that, let yes. me welcome everybody to an episode of It's About Time. My name is Zita and my guest today is phenomenal. He goes by the name of Monk E. And while you listen, you will learn and see and understand why he goes by this name. Um, he is a philanthropist, he's an artist, he is a humanitarian, he is a lover of life. He is somebody who seeks truth and knowledge. He is somebody who shares love, shares deeply, shares honestly, shares creativity. Um, he is somebody who connects through art. He is somebody who has for years inspired folks by knowing them, by not knowing them, by just being who he is. He's a metaphysical, physical, spiritual, everything being, okay? And um, we have only had one or two encounters, mm -hmm. but they have been some of the most impactful and possibly um, charged, vibrationally charged conversations I've had. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to say, first and foremost, thank you for agreeing to come on and talk. You know what's cool about you, brother? I don't know where you are in the world. I'm going to find out in a minute. But the minute, the second I opened my, my Instagram and I said, hey, bro, how you been? Can I have you on? You were typing as I was still typing. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> and I, I respect you and I'm in your gratitude. So I just want to say thank you and welcome. Hey, that was a beautiful introduction. And I do feel... Um, I do feel described by the way you expressed, and, and obviously these are all of my beautiful qualities, and as a human being, I also have the counter shadow that may accompany some of these beautiful qualities, yeah. but I do believe that these are the values and principles that I'm working on mastering and manifesting into my life, so I'm happy that people can recognize me and not be fully invisible for everyone. A hundred percent. And with you even saying that and recognizing the good and the bad and the dualities of life and humanity, it makes me want to talk and let everybody know about our very first encounter. So I'm going yes. to start this, this episode off with story time, with a story. Please. So my current husband and I were then dating. We had gone out and were on our way to a friend's house for dinner at a dinner party pre-COVID, you know, we're just walking around and loving our life. And we are on our way to the dinner party and we see on St. Catherine, downtown Montreal, an art showing. And I look around and I'm like, wait a minute, that's under pressure. 
It's an old friend of mine who started under pressure. We all know him. We all love him. And I was like, let's pop in. Maybe I can say hi. So we're all, we're looking at the pieces, really eclectic graffiti pieces, really cool. And I turn around and I see my now husband staring at a painting. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at this thing intently. Now I've gone to museums with him and I know he doesn't stare at paintings like that. Like I know this, you know what I mean? So he's staring at this painting and I'm watching him watch this painting and it's him looking at himself. It looks like a, it's like a, this mind blowing moment where he's looking at himself as a child. And I walked up to somebody who worked there and I was like, I need this, this this is coming home. This is ours. I, I need to gift him this. This has to be for him. I had never seen him look at something like that before. And the woman came back to me and she was like, oh, it's sold to somebody in Dubai. Sorry. And I was like, excuse me, <laughs> we, need to, we need to have a conversation. I had never become that person where I was like, I need this. Like, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. You know what I mean? But I went into overdrive and I found out the name of the artist and I went to town. I was like asking, inquiring, who knows this young man or young woman? I have no idea at this point, right? Who knows this artist? I need to get my, 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 my energy to this person. We need to have a conversation. And definitely people followed the call and they told me who you were, gave me your info. <laughs> I connected with you and I was like, peace, I hope you're well. And I do hope you sell your painting to somebody in Dubai by all means. But if you don't, come through. And I don't know what happened, my brother, but you circled back and you said, you need to have this, it's yours. Yeah, yeah, if, if I may, it's because the, I don't, to me, these are my babies. These are part of my soul. I don't have a child yet. So maybe it's, I'm exaggerating by saying these are my babies, right? But uh, these are definitely pieces of my soul. These are yeah. uh, important things, you know, because it's always when I create, I feel I'm in trance, right? I don't feel I'm necessarily the one creating. I feel something is taking over. Like in the Christian sense, they would probably say the Holy Ghost, right? right. But in, in hip hop sense, we would be saying that I'm in, I was in the zone, right? But yeah. that zone is something that is enhanced from your conscious, from your direct consciousness. Sometimes it's your subconscious, your higher self, right. however you want to call it. So to me, these pieces have their own life to their own, right? They come out of me and then they exist. So just like your boyfriend at the time was looking at himself, every piece I produce, yeah. I can actually look at myself, right? I can say, okay, this comes from me and analyze myself. So it's always important for me to give to adoption these little pieces of souls right. to people that have actually a connection to my soul, a collection, a connection to the vision and to the energy I carry. Right. So, so uh, obviously you, we want to sell, we want to survive, we want to sustain sure. as artists. Sure. But, but to me, uh, most of my income always been producing big murals. So okay. the canvases, I have a bit more privilege to keep a collection at home, to, right. to share with friends, with family, and so on. Right. So, so when that, when this relation came about, this bridge started being built, uh, it felt natural just for you to have it instead of someone I didn't know in Dubai, right? right? And I, I'm an internal gratitude to that. And there's so many lessons in even the gift itself, the painting. We were not married. We were in a relationship. And, you know, people break up. 
it's happened, it's life. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, even if we broke up, I would be happy. It would be in my heart's pleasure. It would, it's my joy to make sure he has this. And that I was like, that means he needs to have it. You feel me? Because it had nothing to do with my ego. It had nothing to do with my desires. It had to do with gifting something to somebody that I felt was so powerful, made in love. And I think you're right to say that it's your baby. Because even though I have a child, when I'm creating something, I take ownership of it. I build it. I nurture it. I grow it. So it's like you're, you're birthing a new project. It's a child of yours. It's, 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 it's a different version of children. But you're, you're watching this thing mature. And you want to make sure it goes into an energy that is in the right space, in the right place, in the right, in the right connected energies, right? 100%. So, without a doubt I feel you when you say it's a child and like when I gifted it to him everything aligned everything aligned but I felt a sense of peace I you know when you give somebody something you're happy it wasn't happiness it was more than that it was a sense of peace that he was getting something that whenever he needs to he can look at it and see and draw from it whatever he wanted whenever he needed and I thank you for that. I really do. It's special. That is a special moment you created and a special gift that we have in my home. Now we're married in my home. We have a part of you and that's special. Well, I do think, I do think it's, um, it's also the representation of the canvas itself. It's a blue child, right? It's a blue portrait with a landscape on his forehead, which is the third eye and all of this yes. and an indigo child is uh, avant-garde, right? It's the, the intuitive child, the prodigal son. You know, that's that big ideas of indigo, which is the color you're also wearing today. By fluke, complete fluke. Exactly. <laughs> and then, so to me, it's that same idea. I think we are indigo child. We have yes. been born with that power to transmit our soul to others. And sometimes we choose to stop doing so because we are beaten down and programmed to hate ourselves when we are vulnerable, when we are eccentric, right. when we are marginals different. Yeah. and different. So, but I do believe that this is the purpose of art. It's to make people uh, feel uh, living in their soul, to feel, to connect with a human experience, like to really uh, look at themselves through others you know we are a reflection of each other and art is probably the biggest way to communicate the deepest part of your soul yes. so once once you are facing someone else's soul you understand that soul is one we all carry a portion of that soul but we are all interconnected through our soul so once we experience someone else's clarity of his soul yes. it throws us in our own soul and in our own clairvoyance in introspection and in and, self right. self love and self relation so to me to me this is my this is my therapeutic uh, escape from the yes. insanity of the 3d physical realm it's my capacity and you were talking about uh, the baby which is also similar because there's a moment of gestation right there's a moment yeah. where it only exists inside you Correct. so if if no one else believe in that idea, you are the only one carrying it. 
until the day it comes out of you and it exists in the tangible world. And that moment of being the channel for something invisible to become visible to others is something, I would say, addictive in a good way. It's something empowering. This is is what the big books talk about when they were saying we were made in the image of God. We were made in the image of the creator because we create. We create our our reality, our surrounding, our, our word patterns, our relations. Uh, so we are gods, we are creators. So the image of God is not a physical image. It's the image of capacity to self-create, to self-destruct, and to co-create and co-destruct with our colleagues and coexistent uh, on this planet in this time. So to me, art is the strongest and most precise communication and expression I've found in my life. And when right. people ask me, what is my first language? I don't tell them it's French. I tell them it's visual art, it's visual uh, representations of your yeah. creations. So you have a you have an ability to just have me have my my jaw drop. And I, I've listened to many people and, and I talk with many people, but there's things about you that floor me. And and the reason I started off the podcast talking about how I met you in this like in this I need this moment to connect with you is is more deep because when I messaged you and you said let's meet I, I want to meet with you and I knew we had to see each other for us to have a face to face for you to to evaluate if this is a good idea we met I'll never forget because this has never happened to me before and I feel you're going to clarify now, but you may have experienced this before, but I had not. We met at a cafe. We sat down, we were talking. And during our conversation, there was some form of purification. There was some form of clarity that washed over me. And I started crying. My brother, that doesn't happen to me unless I'm speaking to a spiritual advisor. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody who I look towards in auspicious moments. And I said to myself, that's why they call you monkey. Let me tell you, because you didn't trip. You didn't freak out. You were like, bring the tears, allow it to flow, sister. And I was like, what is happening? Because... (laughs) Because maybe even I was open to it happening, but expecting it maybe four or five or six or 10 conversations further, not knowing that you were going to get into the core of my being and have this vibrate so quickly, so deeply, so fast, and so infused with love. I don't even recall what we were talking about. I don't, I I don't even recall. I remember learning about you, learning your story, learning about your love for art and music. And then something triggered in us and we got into a very spiritual conversation and I started crying and you did something unique. You, you put your hand out like this and I'm, I'm a practicing Hindu for everybody listening and watching. And when you are practicing in Hinduism, I believe Buddhists do this too. And you're, you bow and you are in a, in a, in, in, in a form of showing gratitude or you're showing respect. When I bow to my parents, for example, or my husband, when I'm praying, I'm giving arti, the person does this to, to <laughs> show that they accept and they are protecting and that they are, are giving love. 
And when you did this, I lost it. I said, what is happening? <laughs> this French Canadian man who is transcending being French Canadian, who transcends color, grace, creed, all of it. You transcend that. You to me are a example of humanity. I will never classify you as one thing. I don't want to and I couldn't. I couldn't disrespect you by classifying you as a thing, as one thing, mm -hmm. because you transcend those things. Had that ever happened to you before where you're talking to somebody and they just start crying? Actually, the thing is, I don't believe it's me. So you, I understand that you associate this with experience we had together. But to me, this is like the mm -hmm. two polarities of positive and negative when they are present together and there's a conductor, this is how electricity happens, right? Right. So, and then we associate the electricity with the two poles, but electricity is everywhere. It's already existing. The two poles are only the way to channel that electricity. So I would say, there's also the Bible saying this. It said, if there is two, uh, God said, if there is two of me, I am present. So that's that whole idea. We share consciousness. Right. If we share a certain vibration together, then that's the vibration we'll be able to share. Right. And I'm, I don't decide to which frequency I go. I just allow the spirit to adapt me to, this, to the frequency I need. That right? you're coming into contact with, right. Exactly. So, so to me, I live those experiences because I was fortunate to, to channel God, to channel the energy, to work my entire life and my life diplomas into reading between the lines, uh, understanding myself, channeling myself, respecting my vulnerabilities, my weakest link, my this and that. And that process allowed the creator to create through me. That's mm -hmm. how I feel it. I don't feel I am the, the wind that blow through the flute. I'm just the flute that is able to keep itself uh, dust-free and properly aligned. And by doing so, the breath Takes uh, goes you. through the instrument and makes people laugh and cry. But that breath is not me. It's yourself hearing all of the things that you, you already feel inside yourself. So I do understand that often in life, my art, my speech, my persona, uh, my person are used for people to, right. to, to kind of pop a, pop a bubble or, 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 or heal something or, right. or, or just whatever. And there's something that I feel that is the most godly thing in the world is laughing and crying. These are the two things we start doing as a baby. Right. This is the two polarities of what we do as human. Right. We celebrate and praise or we complain and ask for something, right? These are the two main poles of, of our being. And, and I do believe that through these poles, you, it defines you, right? Are you more this? Are you grat gratitude or all of these things? Right, but right. regardless of this, it will create the type of instrument that you will be for the breath to flow through. So I do believe that it's you that brought that energy because me, I carry, I carry myself mm -hmm. and went once and it happened in art. Uh, recently when I was in Uganda, I created an album of nine songs in five afternoons because the brother that I met that was producing was in that frequency where thing exploded the energy beyond, was beyond my personal capacity, right? This is not me. This is when what I carry meets the other carrier and right. the potency that they carry themselves also. 
So, so I would say that's the slight difference. So yeah, I did experience these things many times. I would say I, I, I'm, my life mission was chosen to be one of those channels that allow people to laugh and to cry. So I want to dive into that. And you see, you brought me exactly what I want to talk about with you, which is great. I feel very similar to what you were saying at the very top end. We're all born with these capacities to see and to vibrate and to emit different energies. And over time, we either paralyze them, we shut them down, we close them off, all various things, or we choose to tune into them further. When you, when was your first memory or what's your first memory of being able to move people this way? And did it scare you or did it intrigue you? Both. Um, it didn't scare me, but it intimidated me. Okay. Um, I felt that when I was looking at people in their eyes, they, they could see something that I could not see for mm -hmm. myself yet. I was, I was already, I remember I was going to the market with my mom and it was always the same, like, yo, this child has something special, right? And so I felt yeah. that I was naked when I was looking at people in their eyes. So for a long time in my childhood, I was not uh, interacting with people less because I felt uh, vulnerable or, or different. But I would say that was a, a long lasting fight. Uh, when I was five years old, my mom was already bringing me to these... Uh, fabric shop so I was choosing the fabrics I was going to wear and she was creating it for me so when I was in school I was al already a weirdo right I was six seven years old with my favorite cartoons uh, embroidered on my jumpsuits and with crazy colors and all of these things so from that moment on I had to choose am I going to do like others to fit in and to have this comfort thing or am I going to stay in discomfort to build up that thing that is in me right. and I did I do feel that going out of your comfort zone yeah. became my comfort zone right. so so being too comfortable was really uncomfortable for me so I would so, say from from, from really young. early on I had to do constantly that leap of faith over and over to tell me no I know there are hundred telling me that I'm wrong I have the humility to ask myself again but after I did ask myself again, I am not wrong. I'm going right. the right way, right? So it was a process. But there's one other thing that was really important. When I was 19, uh, I was asked to go represent Canada for the, the World uh, Muralism Conferences of Sao Paulo in Brazil. Okay. And my employer uh, didn't give me my holiday, so I could not go. So okay. at that moment, I quit my job and I went to Brazil. And it was the last job I've ever had. I was 19 years old. And I would say that's probably the biggest leap of faith that I did. At that moment, I said, no, nah, I was born to travel. I was born to be an influential artist. So no that's money it. in a bank, no nothing saved. At 19 years old, I quit everything and started over as an artist. So I have so many questions now. So your mom is already kind of building you up by taking you and allowing you to express your creativity. Yes. Was there any form of pressure or re responsibility they were putting on you to kind of conform to what they wanted you to be they being your parents well uh in a, some way my all of my artistic capacity came from them uh wanting me to be a certain way and that way was non uh worldly uh for themselves certain cartoons were filled with venom parts of pop culture was filled with venom 
my my father was really like the philosophical and ethical structure of our house okay. and he was a man of principle and you consider others and you do this and and so it was already present as uh, my ideology was forming through these right. life experience but my mom she was just gifted she was doing everything she was an hairdresser uh, a design clothes designer painter sculptor she was doing everything from a place where she had my brother at 16. So she didn't have no education or nothing. It was just like a natural thing flowing through her. And that's why I said my first language was visual art. Right. Because she was having me drawing before I was even able to speak words. Really? You know? So I was already communicating circles and stuff to my mom before being able to actually work and create sentences. So I would say when I became a teenager, like when I was like young, five, six years old, I already know what I was going to become. The idea was vague, but I already knew. I was challenged between two things. Okay. Will I become a safari guide or a cartoon creator? These okay. were the two things that I wanted to become. And funny enough, I toured the world now. So I was associating uh, the safari, safari guide with, with the world. traveling, with all the documentaries I was seeing about traveling and landscape right. and nature and all of these things. And cartoon designer was actually, I paint, I paint four floor high cartoons now, right? So I would say uh, there was a lot of obstacles from every side of my life existence to prevent me from, from becoming this. But every time I did a leap of faith, the universe took me in his hands and elevated me beyond expectation every time. So I start understanding the formula. If you have faith and you believe in yourself and you do the work to accomplish the vision, it manifests quicker than you think, yes. bigger than you think, a different color, a different size, a different place, a different but it time. Happens. But, but it, it does happens. happen. Yeah. So, and to me, it's like putting a, a GPS somewhere. It, you may have to do some detour at one point because there's one street that was a one way and right. that just became a one way or whatever it is. But the destination is still clear. And with all of these detour you'll do, you're if learning. you continue praying and you continue working, you're getting to your destination, right? Yeah. So once you got to your destination, then you understand the principle and just you just throw another destination, a further destination, you know? And then yeah. you start working your way towards that destination. So I would say, the old destination and the entire journey yeah. dealt with obstacles, with uh, people trying to have me conf uh, conform to them. And, um, and now it just freeze. So I don't know if you're I, the one freezing or if I can I still am. hear you perfectly fine. So I'm going to keep talking because I, I hope that it's. Um, it um, but I, I'm going to keep chatting because I don't want us to lose this momentum if that works for you. Oh, maybe we did lose each other. Okay. So, you know, you being able to talk about a leap of faith at 19 is so telling that people are now trying to talk about manifestation and, and vision boards and speaking it into the universe, but you've been doing this from before it was cool. I have to admit, I've been doing this. That's the only way I really know how to, to plot my life. Yes, I work hard for things, but saying what it is that I love allows for me to then walk into what that is supposed to be. And I love that you're able to admit and acknowledge that at 19, you were able to do this. And you know, even at four, even at five, honestly, not to 
not yeah. to push too far, but I guess this is the thing that I never killed. This yeah. is the thing that I allowed to have space. And I do believe we are born with it. I agree. It's just that certain families, certain parents will cultivate it and other will reprimand it, right? But I do believe that that faith was there from, from day one. I also believe that we all have it. I also truly believe that we all have the, the absolute capacity. So when people say, oh, so-and-so is lucky or this is happening, I'm like, no, it's everybody's luck. Everybody has that opportunity. But what I, I don't know if I would have the way you do right now is the bravery. And why I say that is when I was younger, I felt like I was fearless, but we get older and life changes. We take different, we make different choices. So that might ground us differently. And what it sounds like is that your wings have never been clipped. So you are still free to experience life, however you take that leap. And that to me is a sense of freedom that we don't all get the chance to to live out because of our own choices, not always because of something negative, but we choose this. Do you ever question if you had taken a different route where things might go for you? I don't because I do imagine that I would probably be dead. It's a sad it thing, but unhappy, I, yeah. I, I do believe, and not only just mentally dead, but maybe even physically dead. I do believe that the only thing that allow me to go through the difficulties that I have in my life mm -hmm. is the ch choice that I made to be an artist. Mm -hmm. If I couldn't have 80 hour a week to express myself and to understand myself, I think I would be zombie or suicidal. I truly believe that. So right. to me, it was more, more a necessity than a choice. Um, I do believe that that was, I, I was seeing it. I was in school doing my schoolwork yeah. and I was anxious to go back to my drawings. Like, so I was not seeing a life where I would have to go to work and then do the things that I love. To me, it was, it was uh, absurd. Always loved. I find Always. that such a, and, a refreshing, oh, go ahead, go ahead. And also I do believe that this is the beauty of my situation, but I feel that I have nothing to lose. Yeah. When, once you have things to lose, you question more the risk that you're going to take mm -hmm. when you have not much, right? I had a beautiful family, I had beautiful values, I had all of this. But at one point that we didn't necessarily speak about, I was too shy. I was a stuttering child. I was uh, highly, uh, I was one of the best in my region as far as my school notes. But I was socially misadapted. I was scared, intimidated, uh, and, and I wouldn't become nothing interesting in life. And when my family exploded, my mom went through a, a phase of uh, a suicidal attempts okay. that brought her into psychiatry, that brought the family into a divorce, that brought all of these things that forced me at 14 years old, 13 years old, I could not depend on my mom anymore right. or on that comfort. So it was really late when I got pushed out of the nest, right? From early on, I was pushed out of the nest as far as being forced to conform, right. being forced to be like others. So from early on, I had a confidence in being different, but I didn't have the confidence to go through the world on my own. Mm -hmm. So it's at, when I became a teenager that I lost the only thing that was really valuable to me was my family. Mm -hmm. And I had to choose a parent or another and all of these things. I start uh, couch surfing at my friend's place okay. and being outside of my 
home. And then I realized that I have nothing, nothing holding me, nothing yeah. helping me, nothing, I have nothing. I'm only myself and all the beautiful values and ideas that was in me. So the world and the opportunities were infinite. So I would say this is how the universe planned it for me to have the courage to do the things that I did yeah. is that he placed the right element and he sent the calling and I answered the call and I said, yeah, let me take that call and let me go forth, you know? So even, even I, through the challenging times, I think this is important for everyone listening to notice that the challenging times force some of the most beautiful results. Right. Really? And we talk, we talk about that often. I'm sure people hear about like challenging times, bring out beautiful things, but nobody really sees it until they witness it or they go through it themselves. So at 14, your, your family life is crumbling and it is no longer what it used to be, yep. but the foundational elements of who you are that was implanted and, in, and broadened in towards you and inside of you and what you matured with was very, very present. Yep. So when, when did that shift happen where you started to be able to bring your drawings to a public space to show it to friends and family? I would say it's hip hop. Okay. So uh, I was already like my young sister, Berekia, uh, got adopted from 80 when she was nine months old. Okay. I was six years old. Okay. So I grew up in a family where my sister was black or so-called black. So I had a, a first high witness on injustice and all the things that my father was already talking about, like justice and consideration and respect and nobility and all of these things. I could see it. I could see the, the dissonance of this world through the way that I was being managed with privilege as a white blue eye male. And she was discredited and she had to fight for everything, you know? So from early on, I could see the disparity and the nonsense of these lies and these uh, beautiful speech. I was like, concretely, it doesn't exist. Correct. Justice is not present. Uh, like uh, no sexism, no racism. It's not visible to me, you know? Yeah. So I was early on trying to manifest that in my life, you know, searching for a way to invest my own privilege, to invest my own time and energy. So I, I discovered through the, 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 the skateboarding and the rollerblading, I discovered uh, the punk rock music. So I was really, because it was, it was alternative, it was a, a new narrative, yeah. it was against establishment, I was finding myself. But it was mainly a white uh, community, right? right. Uh, there's a lot of uh, highly inspiring Black artists that inspired and influenced the punk rock punk, scene, but rock. as a scene itself, it was a white-ish scene, you know? Yeah. So I, I was not seeing myself fully yet. Right. And through the, um, the movies of skateboard, little by little, California was becoming more influential yeah. and they had a hip hop uh, in their videos instead of having punk rock. And this is where I discovered Farside and Jay Dilla okay. and Cypress Hill and Nas and Wu-Tang. And when I discovered that, it was it was because it was a community where there's an ideology. There's a lot of knowledge and wisdom being shared in the poetry. It's uh it's completely created from civil disobedience. Yeah. So they all like f authorities. We're gonna make it happen for ourselves. Right. It was multi-ethnic, and it was also pluridisciplinary. So I could sing my poetry that I was already writing 
and I could draw my drawings that I was already painting in that same structure of value, philosophy, and warriorship, right? Right. So you found yourself a part of those five pillars of hip hop right away. Exactly. So I would say that's what uh, alchemically changed me into okay. a shy, gentle, kind little boy to uh, outspoken. A, a, to outspoken, initiative-driven uh, young MC and graffiti artist. Right. And so this is what I love is that it's so refreshing, but it's also so rare to hear somebody of privilege highlight that they recognize their privilege. And it's refreshing because it gives me hope because if I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, we need change, we need change, I'll be, I'll be pacified, you know? But if you say, no, we have, to re we have to reassess and look at things, you'll get people to look and hear, you know? And it's refreshing for humanity, I think, for the fact that you get the chance to be somebody who's this outspoken. And also you're flying, your, your wings haven't been clipped. So you get to go around the world and, yep. and take these experiences, these rich, valuable experiences. Brother Man, you are on, you have worked in over 26 countries. Yep. You have a TV, syndicated TV deal in Uganda. Yep. You have won numerous, numerous championships for both muralism and emceeing. You are one of the key pillars in muralism globally. You've also done a number of, <laughs> of um, contests, conversations, moving pieces, documentarian pieces. You, you are putting your values to work. You are not at all complicit. You are somebody who... I can respect for fighting a fight that you have seen now acknowledging that you've seen your sister go through it from from childhood mm -hmm. that it helped shape too. Um, what does traveling the world and going to, to Uganda, for example, are you welcomed with open arms? Do you feel a level of resistance? Are you, how do you feel when you are are in a country that you are not the dominant culture? Well. Uh, I feel privileged uh, in a lot of ways because it it also I think uh, we we are just scratching the surface of privileged. Mm -hmm. I think we're still really into what is spectacular about privileged. But let's talk about Canadian money, the privilege mm -hmm. of having Canadian money, like regardless of your or a passport or education or like or clean water, like. There's a lot of things that we forget to mention when we talk about privilege. So, and I do believe that we all have privileges at this different levels in mm -hmm. different categories, but um, I do believe it's our responsibility to invest our privilege to rebalance the less privileged. And I'm not speaking into like a, some white saviors or I'm talking about locally with your own your own people, your own family. This is something we're losing in the modernization of our communities. Uh, it, we become individualistic. We become uh, less multi-generational in Absolutely. our household yeah. and everything. So I do believe that um, I go around the world not to teach. I go around the world to learn. to learn. 
I go around to learn and then I give everything I am in exchange of that learning. And I think that's the process. If it was only easy for me to connect somewhere else, then it would probably be false. Right. Um, it needs to, to take a time of unlayering and unpeeling certain social construct, political construct, uh, stereotypes, and all of these things. And right. I would say I cried many times. Uh, it's hard to remain uh, virtuous. It's hard to remain peaceful when you are constantly asked for money, constantly seen as, um, as a colonizer, when you are constantly seen as uh, a taker, you know, because it's not only just the past that is colonizing. Correct. Canada is still colonizing the world, allowing permits to go steal minerals from all over the world. So it's not like an uh, ancient it's, thing. It's exactly, it's, it's current. It's not past, it's still current. The privilege we have as Canadian still come from the Canadian injustice led and organized around the world. So it's not just, oh, uh, I'm not guilty because my parents were not slave owners, right? It does. It's not simple like that. It goes beyond what it's what we eat, what we pay, uh, how we interact between humans. All of this is part of, of, of our responsibility. So... For me, traveling is just continuing that same process of research, of introspection, of understanding by facing me that look differently than me. And the most difference that, that, that me in front of me is, the more I will gain from the gap that I'm walking towards understanding a different part of me. As a human, we are one. We are sharing that life experience. So. I was so blessed when you said that you refused to categorize me because I refuse to categorize all the human beings. Um, this yeah. is not true. We don't fit into black and white. We don't fit into short and tall. We don't fit into heterosexual and homosexual. We are way more complex human being with nuances and with places that are in between categories. Okay. These categories are reference point, but they can never... Uh, Envelope everything that we are and the unicity that we are. So this is how I try to perceive the world. You know, like I learned in my family, five plus five is ten. Cool. My neighbor, they told me since I was born, six plus four is ten. Cool. Now I'm learning that forty divided by four is also ten. Cool. So the energy that I can transmit through my art and through my conversation. Comes from the entirety right. of equations that I took the time to listen, to believe in, to understand, to assimilate, to digest, and to be. So every time I go travel, I, I welcome uncomfortability, socially, economically, and all of these things. I, I remain prudent, and I remain uh, mindful, mindful right. and joyful and mindful, but it is important. That's why I choose to travel because I want to be outside of my comfortable bubble. You think, you create, and you move differently when the adrenaline kicks in and you don't know where you're at. You yeah. don't recognize the smell. You don't understand the language that is spoken. But I would have to say that because I am authentic in my research, it has been easy everywhere. Because you're, it was you're bringing your whole self every time. And because I understand that in this world, you start by giving. So every community I go, I paint for free. I go there, I paint for free. I go there, I paint for free. I go there, I paint for free. This is one of the things that I've tried to use my privilege for also. I would say 
about 20% of what I produce is contractual and paid for. Okay. 80% is what I choose to keep in my schedule to give for free to communities, to younger generation, to family members, to traveling. So most of the time you see me traveling, it's not because I'm going to make money there. It's because I already made money and I'm going there to invest it in those communities, mm -hmm. um, painting with them, teaching with them. Like, for example, we had a beautiful project in Rwanda. Rwanda, the graffiti scene was not developed. So they, they selected 10 uh, professional or semi-professional canvas painter. Mm -hmm. And they asked me to come and for 10 days, do a process yes, of so. painting okay. a big, big building with them. Well, that project was recognized by National Geographic as one of the most inspiring African uh, art uh, movement uh, for the last years. So to me, it's a blessing to be placed in these position and to reinvest the totality of my privileges, experiences, wisdom, techniques into something that I believe in because it always shown that this community is feeding me back uh, to a greater standard. Correct. And then what I receive in extra, then I reinvest it back. And you create this momentum where everyone is growing yes. and, and understand the interdependency of our of one individual growth. Yeah. Right. So I would say everywhere I've been, because hip hop is a code in itself, Right. Even if I don't understand the the, the Cambodian way of speaking, right. because we understand rhythm and flows and styles, that we will dress a certain way, that we will recognize each other as brothers and sisters. So I've been to the deepest ghettos on all continents, and I was always safe and cared for and, and supported and assisted to create my biggest art pieces in those uh, underfavored uh, communities. communities and so, yeah. I'm the one getting the most out of it even if I'm going there to give everything I have You're the still moment getting I leave so yeah. I realize that I'm leaving with more than I actually bring to give so I feel constantly indebted to give more yeah and I would say that has been my the formula of my success was to uh, accept with open arms the blessing and knowing how to reinvest and redistribute those blessings. This is one of the reasons why I say when you talk, I just feel like my notebook is open and like my spiritual notebook is open because I don't even need to ask the questions. You just bring it, you know, it, while you're talking that the, the pathway is so clear to me that you recognize that you, you may live by this principle that money is an energy right yeah. you need energy to live but the energy you're taking in you get to choose which projects you get to choose yes which companies which organizations are feeding you that energy so it's a clean feeling you, right you have this purity of soul that is that is rare my brother it is rare because all of us at some points have to make decisions and concessions and it seems that that pivotal point when you were 19 the decision that was made was i'm going to leap off this bridge but i'm not going to fall i'm going to swim i'm going to i'm going to thrive i'm going to go upstream and you have consistently been shown in the cycle of reciprocity but the cycle of reciprocity is you as well. You are you are the contributing factor to the cycle. And one of my key takeaways from anybody listening that I, I really want to highlight is the giving 
is what becomes the addiction. The helping, the giving back, the love becomes, the love becomes the, the foundational piece. And everybody just takes and gives and takes and gives, but you're not taking or giving anything that you don't want to take or give. It is the love of it all. That's and, the idea. And, 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 and let, let, let me idea. go full circle with you. Let me go full circle with you. We haven't explained, but my name is Monk E. Monk for the monk and the E for the energy. And we are deeper energy than money. Money is currency. Yes. But the currency comes from a source. So once you recognize the source and the power of the currency that you carry, you understand that you can translate that currency into money, but money is not the value. Money is the way to interact and to communicate in this realm. But beyond this realm, you have your currency. Correct. You have to cultivate your value you are that value and how clean you're going to keep your spirit is how powerful you're going to be moving on that chessboard. So I do believe that now in society, we are being convinced mm -hmm. that we are valueless and that we need to invest this value mm -hmm. in Gucci, in uh, BMW, in, in material in, things. In material thing to create an understanding of the value that you hold. But this is the lie. The this moment the you lie. understand that the value comes from a higher dimension than the physical realm, you understand that everything physical should be a mean to invest your currency in the higher realm. So you should invest your physical gain into spiritual project, into intellectual ideas, that's the only way that it's going to trickle down back into money again. It's if the you coming see money, of, yes, it's the coming of money up sharing. It's the bond. It's the if, if, if you see money as money, you're going to stay there. But if you understand love and gratitude and generosity as the real currency, then life will provide everything for you to enact these principles. So, so and, and it's funny because as an artist, I am the clearest, the clearest example of that. Now in my yes. life, I was told all my life that I was not going to amount to anything, right? Because of graffiti. Graffiti is not even legal. How do you think you're going to make profit out of something illegal? You right. are crazy. Stay in school and do your thing, right? Well, nowadays, I make in about six days or seven days what I used to make as a yearly salary. Right. And schools are calling you to paint on the sides of yes, their things. Exactly. And to <laughs> teach and all of these. So this yeah. is the understanding of currency. Because when I was five years old, I understood that my real currency was the vision to become a safari guide. And that was worth more than any job or right. work conditions. Right. And I would say everything I will do, this is my GPS. Everything I will do will have to be a detour and a straight line towards this vision. And now that I'm achieving this vision, all of the obstacles and leap of faith that I did are becoming high currency yes. that whenever I want, I can transform it into money. But if I prefer transforming it into building a generation of graffiti artists in East Africa, then I could. I go there for a month and then I create 10 graffiti superstars in a new region of the world. And this is currency. This is how you use the energy you build up and that will define you. If you yes. use your energy and your yes. divine energy to get a collection of Gucci belt, then maybe you will see a stop 
to your happiness, to your generosity, to your humility, and it will create something else. So currency is not money. We are worth way more than these fiat paper that are not even related to gold anymore. Correct. Correct. I feel like he just dropped the mic, brother. I feel like that was that was a verse and the mic dropped. You know, and and a part of me has to also acknowledge my own materialisticness. And, All of us, me too. But I, I flirt with this middle. I'm going to be honest. I flirt with this with, with this line in the middle of wanting to rid myself of everything mm-hmm. and then wanting really expensive things because I feel like I've worked hard and I deserve them. But this and- is... This is also true, though. We are royal human being. All of us know our royalty. So we want to manifest this royalty through physical proof that we are royal. So the this is not... change, though, I don't disagree with you at all. I, I think often that, you know, being born as a human and being in this life in the first world capacity, that, mm-hmm. that's not by accident these are things that have happened in previous lives and previous opportunities that have allowed us to be to be blessed in this way but the reason i brought up the split in me is because once you get that highly expensive thing it doesn't change it doesn't alter you it doesn't change you it doesn't do anything so it's a matter of also recognizing what's the value of having that expensive item and i'm still grappling with it i I definitely still am and it's okay and i recognize that i am and i say to myself it's a work in progress because i will also be okay when i admit i want something of value yes however However, I want to make sure that I don't harm anybody to get that thing and that my conscious, my spirit, my soul is clear. So when I have it, it is of extreme value because of of the knowing of the pathway of how I got it. And that, that understanding of things, that understanding of items, that understanding of self wanting that to me is imperative because of what you referenced before. We are losing a sense of what's important. We're losing a sense of, uh, uh, generationally, we're losing a sense of, of, of community, of, of, of familial love, of love, and what love looks like. And yeah. I, know, I know we all see and give love differently, but the feeling of love is also altered and changed in many people. And a lot of people can't accept real love. A lot of That's people true. don't know how to accept unconditional spiritual guided real pure love and it it saddens me but i have a hope that maybe there's a generation that's going to turn things around by saying we can't do it that way anymore we have to go back the same way everybody thinks turmeric is a is a a brand new spice that is so (laughs) we've been knowing that right we've been on that so the way people are kind of going back is where i feel hopeful and the way i bring you into that hopeful piece is you're a teacher how do you feel being somebody who is sought after as a mentor as a teacher I feel like you take it on with pride but did you did you ever not want that uh no I think I always wanted it but I never wanted it exclusively I Mm. do believe that the reason why or what brought me into becoming a better mentor is by becoming a better student. Um, I think I can also see it through my life. I I knew from early on that I was born for big things and for leadership. 
Mm-hmm. But once when in my 20s, I was imposing that leadership on others. It took me 10 years to under, start to understand what it is to be led by someone, to be able to understand how to be a good leader after, you know, I made a lot of mistakes because I was just going on that thing that I know, right? I know I'm born for this, so I'm grasping it, you know? But I would say it's the other way around. Like, um, yeah, I think think it's it's important to see things in reverse sometimes to analyze. Like, there's one thing when I was, I went to Kenya, there's Mm -hmm. one of the poets that told me, um, and it was really interesting because that train of thought can be applied to so many other things, right? He told me, all of these white people that come to save Africa, they don't even know, but they come to save themselves mm-hmm. because they know that karmically the world is unstable and is unjust. And, and they have more conscience. Yes, they're coming to re-equilibrate their own karma and their own indebtedness to the world, right? Right. So, so that's interesting. So it made me reflect. So maybe the best teaching I could give to anyone, it's to how to be a student. Mm-hmm. How do I keep on learning? How do I humble myself in front of my mistakes? How do I allow my branding to be allowed of change? Mm-hmm. How do I prevent my branding from becoming conservative? How do I keep evolving? And to me, I had to brand it in my own art to be able to not be judged Every time I was going to change, right. I had to change all the time. Right. I have to change all the time. I have to uh, make people uh, kind of casual about me going from right to left to right to left all the time, right? And I do believe this is uh, an important thing. It's about having the humility to understand that you don't fully know yet. Right. And I think that's, I, if there's anything that I taught anyone or anyone that could have learned from me, I hope it's that. Uh, and sometimes it does happen. A lot of people tell me, wow, you've accomplished so much. Why do you answer your DM yourself, right? Why do you, why do you come to see my launch? Like it's my first album launch and you come into my show. Why are you there? Or why are you teaching us how to paint? How did you came to Canada from Gabon when all of my big brothers are actually moving back to Europe because Gabon is Africa and no one loves Africa, right? All of these things, I think it's what I want people to to gain from, to kind of switch their way of seeing the world. You are a student. And I do believe that that my most impactful pieces will be my last one. The one I will do just before passing will be the one that will be filled with the entirety of the juice of my life experience in it. And if I allow myself to change and to evolve into that last breath man that I will become at the end, then that's what I'm going to manifest. That's the GPS again. And I know that I'm going to work towards it to learn constantly. And at 60 years old, to be a better poet than when I was 20, even if the entire world is telling me that 30 years old, I should stop doing rap because I'm not relevant anymore. I'm going to prove everyone that seven years old, I'm going to be the most relevant rapper that I've ever been. Right. So I think if there's anything that I could mentor anyone. The consistent elevation of self. And, and what's wild is that I can just listen to you go on about the cipher of the elevation because it also transcends religion. 
you're, you, yeah. you, you've referenced the Bible once or twice, so in a Catholicism yeah. way, but when you speak to me, you speak on a plane of spirituality and open acceptance. Would you, would you char characterize yourself as, as having one religion or do you feel like you're a world a, a spiritual person, like well, worldly? I, I think it relates to the equation I was saying earlier. Yeah. Let's say let's say the, the Jews are saying eight plus two is ten, right? And then the Christian are saying, no, no, it's five plus five equal ten. And then you, you would have in Asia, you would have people saying uh, the square roots of 300 plus four, and then it equals ten. So to me, I respect that 10 is God, 10 is love, 10 is peace, right? So, so I studied all of my life different equation to get to 10. If I know I live on that street, I will take all the different roads possible to know my community to get to my streets. These are all concepts and concepts are like a ladder for you to get to the next level. Religions, I've, stopped, I've started worshiping the ladder in a box. They put the ladder in a museum, they shine the ladder and they talk about the ladders. But even someone like Jesus or or Siddhartha, or they were all saying, you have to become me. Right. Not because you have to let me do the work for you, but you have yourself to, to enlighten yourself. Right. You have to do the work to become it. And you do it by climbing that ladder, not by uh, wiping the ladder and taking pictures of the ladder. The ladder are just concept dogmas that allow you to reach to the consciousness. But the real goal is not to protect the concept itself, it's to it's protect to the, the consciousness. consciousness. Yes. So I'm not afraid of new ways and new concept to explain consciousness. If I can recognize consciousness in a scientific, uh, in someone that prays, he's atheist, doesn't believe in God, but he prays to his scientific knowledge, then I will listen to him. Because right. if the fruits that I eat at this table are good and are fruitful and good for humanity, then it means that there's something good about his equation. So me, myself, I do not identify with any religion. Right. I do understand myself as being an Israelite. That's how I would define myself. But even my understanding of what an Israelite is, is way different from the world conception of how I understand an Israelite to be. Okay. I, I understand Israelite as to be the Jedis of this world mm -hmm. and they are in every religion. They're not limited to religion. They are just um, a path of human being that was built on different value system and a different relation to their, to, to their creator. But that it's relation- frequency, yeah, okay. But, but that relation is achievable for an Israelite in Judaism, in Christianity, following Confucius thoughts, as a Rasta, as a scientific uh, obsessive man. So to me, it's not a religion thing. It's more- kind of, um, I would say, an identity more than a religion. Right. I see myself as an Israelite, you know? When I read the Bible, when I read the Quran, when I read uh, the Torah, when I listen to Bob Marley's songs, he's speaking about me. He's speaking about our, our migration as a human, our challenges as uh, tribes and, and all of this. But I do believe that all religions are a picture of the ladder when on this world today, there's still many ladders yeah. being moved around, being used to build things and to elevate certain families. So I don't focus on the ladder in the museum. Mm -hmm. I focus on the ladder being moved around in my community. Right.
Right. I couldn't have said that any better. And, and with that, I can't believe we've already been talking for an hour. And yeah, so yeah. What's, what's so wow to me is that I can just listen to you forever. Like you actually make me um, dumbfounded with my words. Like I, I, it's rare that I feel um, nervous talking to someone and I don't feel nervous with you. I feel a sense of like a blank sheet, like a blank canvas. And while you're talking, I'm painting a different picture in my mind. And my goal and my hope for today or whenever you're listening to this podcast, evening, morning, night, washing dishes, taking a run, whatever it is, that you're feeling a level of openness to unlock whatever the curiosities are within you. Because yes. I do not feel that it only has to be as a child we unlock it. We yes. feel in the pit of our stomach at different times, different whispers, different moments where we're like, should I, shouldn't I? And we choose maybe the choice of being quote unquote responsible and we don't listen to the call. And so hopefully by listening to you today, my hope for anybody right now who has a whisper is they turn inside and they listen to it and maybe explore it a little bit. We're not saying do radical things like, you know, leave your job tomorrow, but we're saying listen to it because the art or the love or the creativity that you unlock helps humanity. The art, the, it, it, it is so imperative, right, that you get to unlock your humanity and it just brings you to a place of, of, of love. And, I, you know, I have to finish with this, okay? Um, when I was five, you know, and you're asked what you want to be when you grow up, I always said, I want to be on TV or I want to be a teacher. I've never changed that. <laughs> I've never changed it. And you know why I wanted to be on TV? It wasn't to be famous. It's never been. It's because the audience size might be bigger. All right. But when mm -hmm. I'm in a classroom versus when I'm working behind a camera, it's the same feeling or in mm -hmm. front of a camera, you're getting the chance to share your thoughts, bring people to the forefront. And so getting an opportunity now, the way the world has altered and changed for the better sometimes is that mm -hmm. I get to now own my own content and create something to bring people on that normally wouldn't get five minutes, That's right? right? And so it's a beautiful thing because it's the same feeling that I've had since I'm five. And this is amazing manifestation we talked about this and it comes when you work towards it it comes when you bring it to the universe and you beseech yourself and you kind of submit this idea of submission like this is the this is the thing that i want help me get there and everything and everyone that goes into your pathway finds a way to help you when mm -hmm. your eyes and your third eye and your heart is open to it that's that's my word is bond on that when your heart and your eyes including your third eye is open to it because you will see snakes in the grass mm -hmm. but you will also see hands lifting you up completely hands will lift you up and you are a beacon of that you know mm -hmm. and i want to i want to give you your flowers in front of you you know what i mean brother i want to you as a musician you're phenomenal we hardly got to speak about your art in terms of your poetry and rap but we got to see it and how you talk yep um and i just want to thank you for your bravery for for choosing to be brave by being an other and you know what's beautiful as we get older we recognize being an other is really who we're supposed to be the whole time yes so the bravery that you have to have done that from a child is so special and so unique because you've been shining this light on everybody who knows you 
doesn't know you, sees your work for, for a long time. And you're immortalizing your art every time you do a painting, every time you record an album, every time you speak. And, and you deserve all of the accolades you get because your humility, your humility, the core of who you are, has been the same consistently, I'm sure, since you were a child. And that is something that is so special and so rare and so welcoming that you're like air. You're like a breath of air. You're giving us that, that air to continue. So I thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, I feel you. blessed. So is, is this how we should say uh, peace out to each other? Is it how uh, we close? Yeah, you know what? I feel good about that. This is how okay. we're going to close. This is how we close. So let me just say this to close it. I, I'll say thank you. Gratitude to you to give us a place for the weirdness that I carry, for the beauty that I carry, for the unicity that I carry. I'll come back on the last thing you said, something to think about for people at home. Sometime being the stereotypes of what is responsible is the most irresponsible thing to do. You have mm. to take risk. You have to take your real responsibility, but something interesting to throw out there, you know, they say uh, the last will be first, right? The philosophers and the artists have been placed last in our community for a long time, as far as payment, yes. uh, being considered, being valued. Respect, I've, absolutely. Yep. I've, seen, I've seen a study that is saying that in about 15 years, uh, artificial intelligence will have surpassed the human capacity in all domain except, except art and philosophy Tell so if that. you want so if you want your children and i'm not saying you as you but if the person that are listening want their children to be successful already start valuing creativity and philosophy in everything you do and everything they do because the stereotype of what is to be responsible will be really soon highly irresponsible. We need to tell our children to think by themselves. We need to ask them to question our choices in a respectful manner, in a critical manner. We need to have them create the solution they need in their life and not ask someone else to create it from themselves. So regardless of what they're going to become in life, they're going to have a good train of thought and they're going to have the way to create and adapt to any circumstances. Mm -hmm. And these are going to be the leaders of the new world in 10, 15 years. So much love to you. Thank you for being such a kind and beautiful human being. I wish you success, prosperity to you and to everyone that supports you. And uh, I'll continue to pray and to send my good vibes towards you, dear friend. Oh, my God. I'm taking it. And I wish the same to you. Once again, you have been listening to It's About Time. My name is Zita. And my most amazing guest today is Monk E. Um, I'm going to have on the show notes all of his handles, all of the things and ways you can reach out to him, see what he does, all of his social medias. My brother, I can't wait to see what's next for you. And I wish you nothing but success, love, and happiness, and, and, and just greatness continued greatness thank you for listening and checking us out and tuning in i'm sending y'all much love Peace. we love you